Hello and welcome back to Black O'Couch Reviews. I'm your host Christina. We are back for another episode of Southland Season 3, Episode 3, entitled Discretion. Yeah, I had that correct. <laughs> this episode was written by Jonathan Lisko, directed by Nelson McCormick. I gave it an 8.3 out of 10. I thought there was some interesting story art going on between partners Josie and Lydia both realizing that they clash so much because they are uh, a lot alike and we see Russell and his continued struggle with his divorce which mirrors Tammy's or not Tammy well Tammy and Sammy their current situation as well and then we have been dealing with the fact that his mother's rapist David Morgan was released from prison and he was not aware of it we'll start with that particular story arc but before we do wherever you're listening to this podcast stitcher itunes spotify podbean etc go down to the rating section drop some stars leave a review i appreciate it my social media will be there as well remember to like share and subscribe and if you want to send feedback for this show or any other show that i do blackercouch at gmail.com so starting with ben he goes to his mom's house because she cannot figure out how to work the remote even though he says i can't continue to do this i'm gonna be late for roll call she has continued to allow his terrible father to continue to stay over and has a whole array of unpaid bills on the counter and that is when he finds out per a letter that david morgan has been released from prison and he does not take that news well as all which i'm sure not many people would take said news (laughs) uh but that story the way that ended at uh at the motel wow um he needs some milk ben is very much focused on finding out immediately where his prey is and he is able to get his address when they go to a raid except he doesn't follow his partner and you almost forget that he's still a boot until you have that moment of who you talking to on the phone oh my mom is it an emergency no then bitch why ain't you at my hip following what i'm supposed to be like Uh uh-uh and if it is her tell her i will call you back i'm at a crime scene (laughs) because you just can't show up at a crime scene and be on your phone hey yo what the fuck they spot a black man loitering around realize that he is at this place to buy crack Uh, he gets in his face and he's also learning from him in this moment because it's about discretion when to use it and when not to use it and it turns out that our poor boot unfortunately (laughs) did not learn that lesson very well when he was shown how to use discretion and picked a very inappropriate moment to use his because he said look do you have anything on you if i search you am i gonna find any type of uh gun drugs he says no sir all i have is a crack pipe he says he's an engineering student he can tell he's very nervous he doesn't want to get arrested he's honest he says yes sir no sir he produces the crack pipe 
he smells it can tell that it wasn't recently used so he is making judgment calls in that moment but it's based on the information that he's provided that he has to weigh the risk of letting this person go i like seeing how discretion is used how they are using that term when it comes to different scenarios and when you would and you saw that he hit every little base do you have anything okay this looks like a good person not only that i watch you destroy the thing in which you could even get high with yes you can go find this anywhere else but in this moment i have neutralized whatever risk you posed and he ends up letting him go and that's what he's trying to teach ben but ben is very distracted at this time and decides to use discretion at the next robbery in the worst way humanly possible because he did not fully assess the fact that this man was robbed three times wasn't aware of that fact and that he may have which is clearly what happened he has a traumatic distress and his daughter was recently injured uh, during said robbery she's like i'm fine even though you know they popped her in the nose and he ends up finding a weapon but it's not just a weapon it's an illegal weapon he shows the man that it's illegal and then he doesn't take the weapon he allows him to retain it and that's where he went wrong it wasn't so much of i'm not going to get you in trouble for of course wanting to protect yourself because you've been robbed however you're doing this illegally and you're not in the emotional mindset to have said weapon in your possession i need to take this but instead he allows him to continue to handle that to his detriment when a little bit later he has shot a black man in the throat just reacting from the recent robbery that he just experienced and all he did was fall fall back into that ptsd and it's sad and it's unfortunate because someone else could possibly die based on not only been incorrectly assessing the danger and the potential but it's also sad for this man because he's been put in this fear zone that he reacted because he's right back there in that moment and it's all it's a sad situation for everybody but that is why ben should have taken the weapon away and uh he felt terrible as he was you know had his hand on his neck and they left it up to to the audience they said hey if he dies it's on him (laughs) but it really died he really is gonna die if he dies it's on ben and he even alludes to that too bad we didn't catch that earlier i've made a huge mistake boot chooses where they're gonna have lunch and (laughs) i love that john was just shitty about it he's like you i hope i don't get diarrhea from this nasty ass shit why'd you bring us all the way around here (laughs) to eat this nasty ass shit but it's because he wants to find a reason to pull david morgan over which he does by convincing his partner that he suspects him of possibly doing something wrong but at the last minute he chooses to make contact by crossing over to the passenger side which is apparently not allowed at all and he tells him look i'm linda's son you better stay the fuck away from her and john does not take that well like every time i think that you're getting it you step on your own meat he's pissed off when they get to another crime scene in which well no 
before then they go back to the station david morgan is there filing a complaint against him sergeant hill is like look i understand what this guy did however (laughs) you cannot uh put on your badge and you cannot use your badge to to um to get your own form of justice you can't abuse your authority in this scenario no matter how much we understand it and he says look i need to know if you are going to be able to be put back on the street without causing issues due to this and he assures him he will and thus he is just going to get a comment card on his file not an actual formal complaint that is when they go to another domestic between uh, a trans and another black guy what the fuck was that dude doing getting out of the drawer <laughs> when someone's pointing a gun at you i don't know i'd be still trying to get something out of said drawer <laughs> but homeboy uh ben decides to try to tackle him except that guy was not having it and tossed his ass out of the window ben does not take that well and starts to beat the living shit out of him despite the fact that there are multiple witnesses because <laughs> that's what he was telling them background you can't shoot because you could possibly injure people in the background and i like that they're starting to incorporate a lot more than we've seen recently of what is actual police procedure and that's why he can't shoot him and the fact that he doesn't shoot him immediately because he's not armed which is exactly how you're supposed to handle the situation no matter how much the other person is not listening to you you can't just shoot them in the face it seems to be rather common uh out there in them streets and they three officers have to pull his ass off after john is able to taser him taser the guy down and uh yeah he comes and talks to john later who is like yeah hill told me why don't you just shoot him if that's what you're planning to do then he tells him about when he was younger and he wanted to be a hero he saw a dark home thought i'd go in and be save the day he even admits like yeah when you're young and (laughs) you were full of all this uh machoism and righteousness you're gonna that's what he reminds him of that's why he's so close to ben and wants to see him do well because he sees his younger self in him like you're doing it for all the right reasons and when he went into this home he saw this big 200 pound guy over what he assumed was laundry except it wasn't it was this paper thin 86 year old woman being raped and he said he never wanted to shoot someone more in his life but unfortunately there's just some things you're going to have to forget as much as you want to just end this person for their sins that unfortunately is not what you're that's not your job that's not what you're supposed to do you're supposed to keep those instincts in check particularly if you're carrying a badge and a gun because the if you can't then 
it is going to be fatal and worse you're going to abuse your authority to take out revenge on someone else uh and he says what if i can't and he's like you're you're gonna have to (laughs) he says but i will not risk my pension over you so you better get your shit together i'm not playing with you you know when i get up in your face like this is because daddy's putting his dick down oh shit oh, fucked up. at the end of the episode it turns out his mom shows up to where he is still continuing to stalk david morgan and unfortunately homeboy gets the full story of what happened that night that he continues to see his mom in this halo that she is somehow broken but it turns out because she says i've forgiven him for me and he says that is that why you continue to drink three screwdrivers before like 9 a.m like clearly you have a problem and she's like yeah but i had a problem before before that happened i had a problem with your father i had a problem before that and i'm not a victim in all of that and you continue to see me and yeah i thought i could handle him basically i sort of positioned like i don't know if she i I can't clarify because on one hand though she tried to maneuver the situation meaning i feel as if she's saying i put myself out there sexually to be exploited but i didn't expect it to go like that or was she basically saying and i think this is the other way that i'm gonna interpret it and why he was crying so hard is yeah i wasn't actually being raped even though it did go far more violently than i wanted i uh basically put myself in that situation not put myself but i acquiesced to to the sex even if it was much more violent and uh or or disturbing or i'm not even sure if it was violent or disturbing i just know that he walked downstairs and maybe that's what she screamed rape and he says you're not to blame mother but he knows that she is to blame because she told this particular lie for so long and uh where does that leave him emotionally (laughs) because he realizes that his mother is i mean she admits to it but that's where i was confused with why did she say she forgave him and he talked to her in prison he had called her uh so clearly they have already had this type of come together moment and he is like i think she knows she has more like he went to jail for that so i i I, that's that was um i felt bad for him (laughs) i felt really bad for him feel bad for him more than i feel bad for motherfucking sammy and tammy's situation because he just screams at her the entire episode on his phone he's staying at nate's house nate's son is like what's up bro your phone's ringing and you didn't wake up to answer it and that's why i'm standing in front of you so he goes upstairs to to get nate why couldn't he just say it's business because that makes a whole lot more sense other than it's urgent i know it's work fool (laughs) 
because <laughs> uh, he was digging in his wife's kidneys and she was like i hope he gonna make room for you oh she's like he can make room for you on that couch because you just left me unsatisfied and i am not happy about it they have to look for flaco flaco who is a witness in a shooting and he is now missing from protection that they were supposed to be offering him they even say i hate when assholes are right he's been in a hotel room with drugs and hookers and now has decided to go <laughs> to a cockfight is like don't hurt my cock Giggity. so most of the episode we spent looking for this guy watching them do actual police work i like how they went to different places they had to bribe people with like pampers and (laughs) wipes to try to get information to elicit it and you see you know how it is being a police detective how it is a, a a a push and pull game because then they visit the one guy in jail they say uh hey we dropped some money in your account we got you to see your girl we even got you know your kid we give you a picture of them you can keep that and they're just like if you see this dude you know just tell him he's a bitch ass and they're like uh he ain't no snitch i tell you he's a snitch and he's like well fuck that dude <laughs> and he gives up his location and that's when they find him at the cockfight they then go to tammy's to pick up all his shit because he can't deal with the fact that another man is living in his house drinking his food or drinking his beer watching his tv enjoying his pay-per-view package he is mad so he decides to roll up except all they've been doing is screaming so of course she changed the fucking locks and uh they are accosted by the police themselves and even them said look don't tell him to back the fuck off because he does not want to be caught up in this type of this just i get you being angry like i i totally understand from your perspective of being that up you know that's what happens when y'all get these type of bitches and you (laughs) and they might be carrying your kid a part of me feels that that he should just move on you don't need to be but of course he thinks he still has a dog in the fight because of the kid thing i think if he wasn't for the kid they will know because it's also the married thing is also the divorce thing as we see that russell and dina are dealing with because she has taken all his money because that's what white bitches do they take they get you where it hurts that's why men be so pissed off especially in california i just i'm thinking back to uh to bilber's stand-up special and it is it is something that can drive you absolutely insane but you also gotta know that's the you know that's why you gotta choose (laughs) better women (laughs) y'all knew what they was before it even got this far so moving over to the the last arc which is the lydia and um the lydia and josie arc as they continue to butt heads we see them in a diner she's having lunch with russell (laughs) 
she feels like the third wheel of course and she's a little jealous of their close friendship of their close partnership despite the fact that they're no longer a partner i do appreciate the fact that russell realizes and she even calls him out like you deballed him <laughs> damn <laughs> that is a different way to put it in perspective though like he basically but i don't know because he did come through earlier with the whole hey i came across this and he actually helped her out in the investigation so i don't know if, if completely i think he just he grew he he uh, yeah he grew accustomed to supporting her so he they ended up becoming uh he became an extension of her so to speak because he could follow where she was leading and he didn't have a problem with that and i think that's what they're trying to showcase and i like the fact that they really brought in which was a just unfortunate casting thing with the uncertainty of the seasons with so many partners that they incorporated into an actual arc for her to say no she's getting you know yeah it could have started off this way but it actually can uh, become a little bit of a a arc for her like you're going through so many different people because of the fact that you yourself are you're a d2 and he says russ says like why don't y'all just rotate who's in charge on which investigation i just did everything that you told me to do <laughs> and i didn't have a problem with that however know that you know the, the what's going on between you two is because of your your need to be in control of the situation and follow your own instincts uh she really did open the door shut the door like she got in the car and came back out it wasn't just watching them to say we gotta go partner like re-emphasizing like this is my partner by the way russ offers to pay uh because he wants to maintain that outward appearance of i still got things going he says he's got a job interview even though he's applying for disability and uh he's embarrassed a little later when he comes back in the car does the declined he ends up finding the information they get a case where there's a chainsaw and we see that she has a certain josie attitude towards uh certain procedures and things hey we have all these other cases we don't have to go on wild goose chases looks like muscle but it, we don't know if it's going to be animal or not should we do a dna test no that's a waste of time lydia does want to do it and she's like i'm gonna pursue this and if you don't like it just take it up with fernandez she allows her to continue on with her instinct despite being against it saying this is a waste of time they do go and speak to the last guy that had it and it's clear that he did have an injury which could explain what's going on but knowing that there's a missing persons case with the neighbor that reinvigorates uh that she might be on to something and she says she will go alone to talk to the wife of the neighbor however you see that josie wants to like she's open to the idea even though she's pessimistic about it like let me go file these forms on the other case that we're working on but i guess i can you know join you on that they end up 
having a conversation russ where he asked for a loan and i'm so with uh josie on that one even though dude stop eavesdropping on other people's fucking conversations that is rude as fuck <laughs> the one it was fine and then she even put some ribbed uh condoms on her desk like she wants to be friends with her so bad but even she's like no like she hides them she's embarrassed she's only this open with russell and i think maybe that's why i always like the relationship because i felt that's where lydia was most herself you know because her mom has come back from paris she is bumping and grinding upstairs with al green <laughs> having more sex than she is at 82 or 62 or 82 i think she said 82 than she is and he's like i don't think anyone can have less sex than you do and she's like i hope dina's taking you for all you got gotcha bitch so i think that's what i've i've enjoyed about the relationship is that you do get more of who lydia is when they're talking to each other uh and uh she says she would think about the the loan situation her and Josie end up having a little bit of a, a hash out like I don't think this is gonna work she's like what do you have a problem with me for she's like no I think you just have a problem with because you think I'm right and I think that you're wrong and they both acknowledge like she knows that just because you have all these 14 years of experience that you have pushed everyone away and no one wants to work with you and then she throws it right back at Lydia and they're like hey we should just call fernandez says this isn't gonna work and reassign us partners but then they get a phone call regarding the the results and lydia's like all i do is win 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 no matter what and i like when they get to the the guy's door she's like you know you got a lot of balls and i like that and they do because she calls her partner when they're going away just despite the fact they're like this is not gonna work they do appreciate each other's honesty and the fact that they can push back against the other i think that's what she had with uh the the first switch partner is that he was able to call her out on some of her flaws and it isn't that that lydia isn't willing to hear it even if she you know at first is like uh-uh don't talk to me like that but <laughs> she's not blind to she does she's not ignorant to uh to actually acknowledging that there might be something right about what you said and she doesn't do it in any huge way it's always a very small under the radar way and that mutual respect that they have for each other despite their disagreement is why they want to remain partners and why they make good partners so they knock on the guy's door and he he confesses that he the neighbor had volunteered to knock down his tree cut down his tree but he put nails in it they got into an argument and he pushed him and fell and he hit his head so he decided to chop up his body with the chainsaw and bury it in the backyard <laughs> like i'm so sorry no if it's an accident just call the fucking police it's like i made a mistake Do you know how much it takes to dismember a body? I mean, if you watch true crime, you'll know. It's a lot. 
it's a whole lot i would have preferred to call 911 and even try to hide the fucking body because <laughs> i'm not doing all that work <laughs> so he's arrested she meets up with russ later on the interview did not go well oh yeah he also told her that at the station the interview did not go well he had called ahead found out he applied for disability he got cursed out on all sides and thus uh he needs to to really get his finances together (laughs) uh and uh that is what he is left with and even though he's upset by it clearly she says look i thought about it i can't give you that bunny he's like you can or you won't she's like i won't i'm not gonna let our friendship be blemished by the fact that this is now you know you put money into it 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 becomes messy and she is absolutely right about that that's the first thing like don't ever ever like it's you gotta really be and it's not even like you asking for twenty (laughs) dollars you asking for a whop so that is you know and i'm not i'm already not in a financial situation because look at where she's living look where he lived so they they have a different uh financial um way they handle their financials and she's living with her mama so clearly (laughs) while she got money in the bank she she has that for her and that's that's a lot to risk it on someone else and they're already struggling so that's where we leave that situation and i'm glad that that josie was able to to give her that little bit of information especially with dealing with her friendship with russ because we saw that in her last that one partner that uh that shy really loved (laughs) she really loved him and she's so mad that he's not back (laughs) speaking of shy she sent in feedback for this episode so let's hop into the mailbag Hey Christina, it's me, Shy. I am here to give my feedback for Southland Season 3, Episode 3. Um, not sure when you'll get around to doing this podcast, but I went ahead and watched the episode and wanted to go ahead and send in my feedback because Lord knows if I wait it long enough, I will forget the episode or a lot of what happened. So, um thought this was a a good episode i'm i'm really i mean i'm like i'm i have mixed feelings about certain storylines um on the one hand i I think i i don't remember i'm sure i talked about um the whole tammy sammy thing even their names sound ridiculous but um yes this episode sammy (laughs) I like on the one hand I'm not surprised you know you know Tammy I just never liked Tammy you know this um and so and their relationship just felt just unhealthy and just not the best relationship and so I'm I'm just trying to understand and I know Sammy moved out but the audacity of Tammy to not only 
um, get pregnant by having an affair, get pregnant, but then move the dude in because it's been a week. Uh, um, Nate's um, my wife said that it's been a week, and so it's only been a week, and the dude is already moving in, doing acting like he owns the place and my thing is she doesn't work so you can turn off the 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 nfl package and nba package whatever the heck he had turn that shit off you know have her pay for cable i mean yeah you may still got to pay the mortgage but that's the only necessity that you have that you should have to pay if she's gonna live there she needs to contribute as well she's living there um so i just thought that whole thing was ridiculous um just anyways um and and i can say that i've been through breakups i've been through a divorce so i know how it works and how it can work and i know it's tv so they make it a little bit more dramatic than it needs to be um then we have um them Flacco, I don't remember him. Was this from the last episode? Cause I'm I'm trying to understand who this dude is that they had. I guess I wouldn't even call it witness protection because they didn't have anybody guarding him. He could just come and go as he pleased. I'm not quite understanding how that all went down. So he's missing their key witness. Um, they're trying to find him. So I thought that was weird. Then we got Lydia and Russ's storyline with. The other girl, forget her name, her partner, um, that whole thing, dynamic. It went in a direction I wasn't quite expecting. Um, but yeah, they, they definitely have this very, <laughs> Russ and Lydia, that is, have this very interesting relationship. I mean, I know they were very, very close and Lydia had a hard time moving on and all that stuff, but um, I don't know. I find it weird that her partner, again, don't remember, Vega? I don't remember, um, was saying how she's gone through partners. I'm like, they didn't even show that, that that was the reason. Um, because she was getting along with um, uh, the other two that we saw. I mean, I didn't get the impression that she was overbearing and that they wanted to leave. So I didn't like that comment from her, as you know, to say that, you know, Lydia is the issue as to why she's gone through partners. And of course, obviously, Russ got um, um, a shot. So I just didn't think that was a good comparison. I know she was trying to um, trying to, you know, dig back. I can't for lack of better words. I mean, my words are failing me right now. Um, get back, you know, go back with and forth with her um, in regards to her being the way she is. So, I mean, I just didn't, I just found that odd. Um, what else happened in this one? Oh, yeah, we got Ben dealing with his mom's um, rapist getting out of jail and him still not being able to move on and him just cutting corners. I mean, he take that one thing that um, John said regarding the, the guy with the crack pipe and he just took it to the extreme um, and just was making one bad judgment call after the next. 
Um, and I knew that was going to go wrong. As soon as he left that dude, keep the, keep the, um, which, I mean, it was like, that was such a bonehead thing to, I mean, you know, the guy gets robbed all the time and yet you're going to let him keep this illegal weapon and, you know, with the off chance that he can get robbed again. So what happens when he gets robbed in, within the next 10 days, which of course we see at the end of the episode, I'm like, what is he, what are you supposed to do then when he uses that gun? So that was the dumb, that was, that didn't even make sense. His decision to, um, to let that guy keep the gun. Um, but yeah, he wasn't really fully, um, thinking rationally throughout this episode anyway. I mean, this whole thing with the mom's rapist being out really threw him for a loop. So when we can see that throughout the episode, him reeling from that and trying to do his job and at the same time um, process all that. And uh, we saw that he didn't process it very well. (laughs) We saw at the end that um, Lydia and you know, Russ had asked Lydia for some money and I'm like, dang, that's a lot of money. That's not, I mean, that's not, um, three thousand, three to four, three to $5,000. I mean, I thought he was going to say three, 500, it's almost some three to $5,000. That's, that's not something you just, you know, lightly, you know, just give out. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I I understand Lydia's viewpoint on it, and and I'm sorry. I I just I feel bad. I would feel bad, but that's a lot of money. And again, it, you just learn early on. I know I did early on about mixing um, family friends with money, especially that type of money. I mean, you gotta go in. My mindset now is when I give. When I, you know, if my family asks for money and I have it and I give it out, I give it with the expectation of not getting it back. I don't. And to me, I mean, that's what I wouldn't be giving out that type of money because I would want it back. So (laughs) I would definitely say no. But if it's like, which I've done before, um, a few hundred dollars, um, yeah, I just give it to whoever it is um i don't inspect because yeah it's it definitely when you start putting all those types of things in between relationships it just gets all kinds of muddy and things start yeah it's just not a good idea so um i understand i mean but at the same time i mean that's kind of i mean i don't know russ putting her in that position and was not not cool um but that's it i think that's all i have for this episode that stood out to me that i wanted to point out um r.i.p to your laptop um hoping that you are able to get up and at them soon and um yes on that note until next time much love peace and black girl magic queen of the couch shy that was queen shy with her thoughts on the episode uh, so just a few comments. I'm with you on the. I'm. I'm. I can see both sides of it with the rust thing. Like I personally, yeah, asking people for money. That's just one of those things, right? But they're supposed to be BFF. So if you can't ask your BFF 
to help you when you're in a difficult position then i mean that you would expect that to be the person that you would ask and it doesn't seem like russell has a lot of family and it seems as if the closest person he is to is her but on the other hand i totally get like yeah money between a friendship never a great thing just it, it's not especially clearly like if she can't really afford to give you this or it, it's not going to help you in the long run with your situation uh what did i mean by this well he felt the guy should defend him oh with uh the the ben situation i think that's where his headspace was at was that he wasn't taken into the account that this person can hurt someone who's innocent he's thinking next time someone comes you'll be able to take care of yourself except he didn't think of the psychological aspect that this person mind was in because he was too busy in his own mind of wanting to to take action not be the victim in this case so he was put back in a as you said a really terrible headspace um and she actually was i know you said that josie comment didn't feel authentic because we haven't seen that necessarily and i get that and that's what she said like russ russ was hurt but then she said well what was it before him so that it does allude to the fact that she has a past that we haven't seen and that's fine i i'm okay with that tying into the story arc i know you have a tendency to default uh defense of of our black characters and that's that's uh that's fine <laughs> as it should be but in this case i can see it um lydia is bossy she is uh all of those things she is about following her instinct and everyone else is just along for the ride and that does make her a great detective but it also you know we've seen when she tried to be you know going back and forth she had to learn this and they really kind of picked back up with that particular story arc uh as i believe they were intending to with uh with that in season two or or yeah i think it was season two or one one of the i think no season two so i i see how that ties in because yeah russ was the guy i mean he was pretty much her her default and that's just who she is though as a person and i think the more we get to know lydia that makes sense it, it checks out for me that you know she's just someone who is used to being in charge uh and can be a little fixed in her own ideas and people can be a little intimidated on pushing back against that and it it turns out that some of the people like she's a very great person that doesn't take away from her her at all it's just another layer that she as a person has to grow from and i think that's good to give her something to grow from because she is basically <laughs> on a pedestal right now and at least for me when i'm watching tv i don't want to see my characters completely infallible i mean i think that was my issue with iris for the longest of time it's like let her make a mistake let her be wrong that that's what because then you don't get much from the characters if they're just the good people or just always right um that's just my personal take on it and i know you're not saying the opposite of that because you'll be like well, what i said was no that's not what i'm saying I'm not saying what you said wasn't correct <laughs> 
that's just my other flip side counter argument to said only reference statement and not what else you may have alluded to with that statement but um i also think that josie is is just jealous in a sense i think that she wants that relationship with lydia because she sees the value there and unfortunately lydia is not as open to that close of a bond even despite and you see that even with her last partners is no one is going to be like russ uh, no one gets that really interpersonal relationship with her despite how long they work with her because she does keep a lot of her personal self away from the job and the only reason why she was that close to their last partners because they became that close and it was because things were on her terms where she feels the most safe comfortable so on and so forth and i'm not going to go too deep into it because i do feel like that are things those are things that they they really play with with lydia's character in the in the future um and the last thing is about sammy i, I i'm with you too like there is the rational way in which he can deal with it but i believe because it's only been a week i mean you were just in love with your wife a week ago y'all were planning on having a baby and now one week later you're sleeping on someone else's couch another man is in your house and she has completely cut off everything and now you're sitting there and you're feeling like a fool you're feeling stupid you feel played you feel humiliated all of those emotions are going through sammy right now so no i understand fully that rationally he could just cut off the cable but it's not about that for him it's about the fact that she so quickly replaced him and he wasn't emotionally even close to ready for that that betrayal that huge betrayal on on uh his side feeling he was blindsided and she has seemed to already just you know she's already over it she's done with it she doesn't even have any bad feelings about it worse this child she's so ready to move on with someone else whether it's his baby or not so all of those emotions just make him feel impotent and that is mainly (laughs) where this uh emotion i guess i can get that feeling uh very clearly despite how much he could be you know because it is wrong you're being fucked over and no one should ever sit there and be fucked over and not (laughs) want to 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 take action to not feel so so like a an idiot like a fool but we know in the long run that that this this is not helping the situation whatsoever all you're doing is giving ammunition to them and that's the sad part right because they get to sit there on their fucking pedestal or whatever they feel and use all of their your very valid emotions against you uh so yeah he's just falling into that particular trap and i believe at this time california is that where they're at la i believe they had um very strict and i think they continue to do divorce laws about how the women basically can just get half doesn't matter what they did doesn't matter uh the circumstances they get half of your shit and that's uh a lot of appeal to swallow it really is when me and my ex broke up i mean i think that's was his biggest thing i was gonna fuck him over forever i'm like dude i have no interest in you to do that and then that pissed him off even more 
<laughs> so I was like, no, I'm indifferent. <laughs> and I would rather not the least amount of contact humanly possible after we broke up <laughs> monetarily and otherwise. <laughs> that's why we didn't go to court for so many years it's like yeah that's not my first primary goal i want to be financially independent of you so that i don't have to do anything because i can't stand you that much but that's that's uh that comes from a maturity over time and uh it being fresh i I can give them a lot more leadway and i think that's what you were kind of saying too like you know rationally what the what the response is but still and eh, that sucks for him <laughs> and that is gonna wrap up our feedback for this episode and the podcast if you want to send feedback on our next episode blackercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below my social media will be there as well remember to like share and subscribe until the next time peace hair grease and blacker magic